day to day I'm all about the jokes I treat jokes like mimosas bottomless cause they never end in I didn't realize this when I was younger but me and the homies would roast the life out of each other until one of us tapped out at that time it seemed brutal but back then it was just boot camp without even knowing I would leave school with black eyes from all the jokes but I ate it up in a moment cause if you show you were getting angry it'd only get worse so I would just move on with my day after it was over. I still have PTSD from all those road sessions. Now I'm in the lab in my head constantly trying to see what I can take on stage. I'm a joke engineer now. I build them and see how they come out. Uh, I've been pursuing stand-up a few years now, which, you know, I'm still new in the game. But all in all, I, I will always be a student of the game, be refining and honing my act as a whole. They say 10 years is when you really get a handle on it. But everyone has a different path for personal goals or success, so it's on you. If I had to do a Mount Rushmore comedians, here's mine, and I'll give the reason behind each one and why I follow their stand-up comedy. I watch all their specials and study them like I'm studying for the bar exam. First off, Chappelle. I like Chappelle for his levels of creativity and his comfort on stage. This man smokes, reads books, interviews you. He does whatever he wants on stage. This man has complete freedom. Chris Rock, I like that he'll teach you on stage like a pastor. He's in your face. He doesn't hold back. Even if you don't agree with him about a certain topic, he'll find a way to make it funny to the audience. Cat Williams, super animated and uses everything on stage. Stool, mic, the walls, the rope from the mic. Knows how to really paint a picture. And he has a lot of energy. Keeps you locked in. Michael Blackson, uh, my favorite comedian. One, because he's African, so that makes him relatable off top. And he has a thick African accent, which just makes things funnier anyway, to me at least. Even if we're just saying hello, the accent gives it more spice. He also kills off that self-depreciating humor. You will always win roasting yourself, especially against a heckler. What can they say to you that you haven't already said about yourself? It's like that eight-mile battle, the last part of the movie. I will cheddar bob myself, shoot on myself on stage, until I lose my voice before I let a heckler destroy me. The last comedian I'm going to put on there, his name is uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. I like him because he really gets into his act outs and he has a lot of material about his immigrant dad, which is something I can relate to. Check him out if you haven't already. Uh, Netflix, stay giving him specials. This man is busy. So all in all, I'm trying to get like them. You know, they set the blueprint for me. Uh, those are the comedians who inspire me the most on a creative front. And anyone that's pursuing stand-up comedy along the road, I feel like they get hit with the same questions. I've even asked some of the same questions myself to other comedians when I started going to comedy clubs, because this is an interesting arena. Like, here are some of the questions uh, people would ask. Uh, are you going to be funny? I don't know. I'm not that so raven. I can't predict what's funny to you. If you laugh, you laugh. If you don't, you don't. You know, everything is subjective. It's all about the attempt. Uh, what's the dress code to a comedy club? Uh, wear anything you like. It's not a wedding. But if you do pull up in a clown fit, you know, someone is bound to get on you that night. Especially the hosts. They look for that, you know. They sniff for terrible outfits in the front row. They'll make you a part of the show off top and make you feel like an idiot. And all you could do is really smile. <laughs> I remember going to a show one time. I had an African dashiki shirt on. The comedian spotted me. He had a ball with me. 
I just sat there and smiled in the audience. He won in that moment. He had the mic, you know. There's nothing I could have said. So here's another one. Uh, why you didn't tell me about the show? Uh, you come when you come, you know. There's no guilt trip ever, you know. Either now or 10 years from now, support is support. You know, it doesn't matter the timeline to me. I'm that way too when I'm going out to an event. Uh, if I see something promoted, you know, I don't really want to be pressed about it to come. If I come, I come. You know, I'm about support too. So if I see, I'll, I'll most likely pull up, you know. Uh, what happens if you get heckled, you know? If I go down, then we both go down. You know, we could take it to overtime. Uh, this is not a question. This is more of a request, you know. Tell me a joke right now. To me, I feel like that's like uh, seeing my doctor at Wendy's. And I'm like, oh, I know you're waiting on your food, but uh, can you just give me a flu shot right now? You know, that's just for the office. But I mean, I, you know, I guess, you know, it could be that way too. Some people think it's whatever. My homie hit me with that line one time. Uh, he had me laughing. Uh, he sent me a text out the blue. I don't know where he was at. Uh, he said, uh, tell me a joke right now. Prove yourself. I hit him back. I said, Brad, do I work at the circus? Do you want me to start juggling fire and trapeze for you on demand too? This man was looking for a joke butler. Jokes on demand. And I was like, bro, you know, just pull up to the show. You know, that's where you can see where the penmanship pays off if need be. But on the real though, you know, check out some live comedy, you know, at these comedy clubs. Even for myself, it's there when I'm in the audience and I'm like, Tell me a joke.